0: grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, amen. The text for our meditation is the gospel lesson, and because we've just read it, I'll read for you again verses 21 through 23. In fact, from within, out of people's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual sins. Theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, unrestrained immorality, envy, slander, arrogance, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and make a person unclean. So, Father, text, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we have come to you this morning to hear your holy word and to be cleansed through it. Pour out your spirit upon us. Strengthen our faith in Jesus so that we would be assured that our sins really are forgiven. We also pray for the strength of faith to turn from sin and to live to your glory. To these ends, sanctify us through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In Jesus the Christ, dear fellow redeemed. When I go to a hospital or a a nursing home, I'm pretty much in the habit of cleansing my hands. You know, they've got those dispensers, rubbing that stuff over them as I go in. But I've noticed in recent years, even before the pandemic that as I'm coming out of the nursing home or the hospital, I just have this sense of dirty hands and maybe it's a little compulsive or something, I don't know, but just this overwhelming sense, I've got to clean my hands. And when you think about it, when you're in a hospital or a, a nursing home, you're touching a lot of things, you may be shaking hands, maybe even hugging someone. What have I touched? And so, just this thought of oh, "I gotta, I gotta clean my hands." The Pharisees had that same thought, in many ways, but it wasn't about germs or disease. It was about trying to be clean in God's eyes. Jesus took this opportunity in our text to show them and the crowd that it's not really the outside, it's not the hands. It's about the heart. And so Jesus poses to us this morning the question, is your heart clean? The law, the commandments, cannot cleanse your heart. Only Jesus cleanses hearts. The Pharisees had this tradition, in our text is called the tradition of the elders, that when they would come from the marketplace, they would wash with a fist, or wash up to the fist. It's a little hard for us to tell exactly what the Greek means. And they had this, and many other traditions, because they were building a hedge. This is what they said, a, a hedge around God's law. God's law had said that they weren't to touch unclean things. And if they did, there was a rite of purification and so forth. And so their thought was, well, maybe I'll go to the marketplace and I'll touch something unclean and not know about it and therefore be defiled. So I'm just going to wash whenever I come home. Now, you could say, okay, that's, that's being very careful, trying to do the right thing but the tradition had developed so much that it was immoral not to wash hands so their safeguarding of God's law their hedge had become so strong that even though God's word doesn't didn't command them to wash when they came from the marketplace it was viewed as wrong to do so The hedge of the traditions, not just in this regard, but in others, actually replaced God's law. If you were to read the verses that we skip when you get home, you'll see an example with the fourth commandment there. So this hedge of tradition had become so strong that it was the equivalent of God's word. Some would even say it was above God's word. And so when they saw Jesus' disciples eating bread with unclean hands, unwashed hands, they said to Jesus, why don't your disciples walk in the way of the tradition of the elders? Why aren't they obeying these traditions? Jesus took that opportunity to show them what they were doing, that they were hypocrites because they worship God with their mouth their hearts were far from him and they worshipped him in vain because they were just following human teachings not God's doctrines so how might we do that today we maybe don't have traditions at least in a general culture like the Jews did but our culture certainly has a voice and often that voice is in direct opposition to God's word or wants us to supplement God's word in some way. And here are some very obvious ones, okay? So abortion. Is abortion murder or is it a woman's choice? Society would have a say that it's not murder, it's a woman's choice. She's free to do with her body whatever she wants. So if you have any thoughts that, well, abortion would be wrong for me, but it's other people can do whatever they want, you're really buying into that voice. God's word says, You shall not kill, you shall not murder. Abortion is murder, it is wrong. What about homosexuality? Is that too just a lifestyle choice? Well, God's word clearly says that it's a a sin. Homosexuality is a moral activity, It's, it's not just a person's choice. And yet the voice of our culture, our traditions, would have us take that that thought that it's just a choice that they make and they're free to make and place it over the top of God's word. We could probably go throughout our lives and see many instances where the voice of our culture is speaking contrary to God's word. But it can happen in the church too. So your offerings is, are you totally free to choose how much or, let's put it better, how little you give. Well, we can talk about freedom, Christian freedom, but it's not about how little you are to give. It's that you're free to give generously to the Lord. And yet, often in Christian circles, it'll just be, well, you're free, do whatever you want. What do we tend to do when we do whatever we want? Now, that's really getting to the heart of the matter, isn't it? It would be much easier for us if God in the New Testament had said, you must give 10, 15, whatever percent. But when he says, you can do whatever you want, you're free, now we're at war with the voice inside our hearts. How am I going to use my freedom? And what Jesus said is right. Right. It's not what goes into a person. It's what comes out. So when you look at your heart, what do you see? Is it clean? Are you seeking in your heart to truly carry out God's will in all the different facets of your life? Sexuality. Your management of God's money, your use of God's word. Often we can say things with our lips, like, I really should read the Bible more. But what stops us? Often it's our heart. We have these ideas in our head, but we don't put them into practice because the desire isn't coming from within. unclean, we're tainted by sin. And so God's commandments, whichever one you choose, it can never ever make our our hearts clean because it only shows us what we've done wrong. In the book of Hebrews, it tells us that God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword, that it can divide marrow and bone. And right at the end, it even says, judging the attitudes and thoughts of the heart. That's why Jesus could say, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery with her. Jesus is concerned about how you conduct yourself on the outside. But what he's really concerned is what's going on right here. What are you thinking? What are you desiring? What are you chasing after? What are you aspiring to? They're the things that Jesus really wants clean. So, is your heart clean? The law can't clean it. Try as hard as you like to keep the commandments, you're going to fail. Only Jesus can cleanse the heart. Early in Mark, I believe it's Mark chapter 1, Mark tells us this great miracle of Jesus where a leper came to him and. The leper said to Jesus, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And Mark records that Jesus reached out, touched the leper, so touched the unclean man, and made him clean. That's such a, a great story, not only because it shows Jesus' power over physical ailment, uncleanness, even in this sense but it shows Jesus' desire to make us clean. And, and you can ask Jesus of any of the sins that have polluted you, made you dirty. Are you willing to take it away? And every time Jesus is going to reach out his hand and say, I am willing, to be So, if you've ever had an abortion or or caused someone to get one, if you ask Jesus, Are you willing to make me clean? The answer is yes. Jesus reaches out and he takes that sin away. If you've ever committed adultery, if you've ever had an affair, and you want to be cleansed of that sin, if you ask Jesus if he's willing, the answer is yes. And he reaches out and he takes your uncleanness away. If you've ever had sex before marriage and you feel dirty by it and want to be clean, if you ask Jesus if he is willing, the answer is yes, yes. And he reaches out and cleanses you and takes your sins away. And so if you've had evil thoughts, adultery, theft, murder, greed, wickedness, foolishness, arrogance, deceit, unrestrained immorality, whatever is making you unclean. Jesus is willing to make you clean. He is reaching out and He has taken away your guilt. Jesus took that guilt away by taking it into His own body. And then he went into the purifying wrath of God on the cross. And he suffered the payment for those sins. So that now God is fully satisfied with all of your wrong, past, present, and even future now. So that you can be clean throughout your earthly lives in God's eyes. That's what Jesus was doing on the cross. He was purifying you of all your guilt because he truly is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And God raised Jesus from the dead so that you can know that's true. You know, it might sound good. yeah, it'd be great if Jesus could take away my guilt. Boy, my, my heart would feel a lot lighter. Okay. Yeah, it would be great if Jesus could wash me and, and make me clean because I got some pretty terrible things in my past. But how can I know it's true? How can I know that it, it really worked? The empty tomb is God declaring to you and shouting to you that Jesus has taken away your guilt, that you have been washed clean in his blood, so that not a spot or a blemish remains, which is exactly what Paul tells us in Ephesians 5. He says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water through the word, to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That is now how God sees you holy and blameless. Because Jesus has cleansed you. Not just on the outside, but on the inside. He has placed his Holy Spirit in your heart so that you believe. And now you are clean. So live as as God's cleansed people, holy and dearly loved. Be confident every day that Jesus is your Savior, that he came to take away all of that guilt, and he has done so. So when your conscience reminds you of the things you've done, Stop looking at your heart. Look at Jesus. There's the cleaner you need. There's the one that can cleanse your heart. God grant you his Holy Spirit and strengthen you in your faith so that you can know and believe you are are clean. To God be the glory, now and forever. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. And now may the peace of God which transcends all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.